Hey, Pro fans, thanks for your support. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast through iTunes, visiting pulpmx.com, streaming the show via the Stitcher app on your smartphone, or buying from our show sponsor, btosports.com, without you, we could not do this. You can still type M-A-T-T-H-E-S upon checkout at btosports.com if your order is $100 or more for a discount. Lastly, for some insider info and maybe a laugh or two, Follow Mathis's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash pulpmx. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chanceability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You left thinking or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the BTOsports.com podcast show, brought to you by RacerX, hosted by Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. We're going to wrap up Jacksonville, which uh, just happened. And uh, with me to talk all about it are two guys that are way smarter than me. One guy that's faster than me. They're both skinnier than me. And that would be Jason Wygant and David Pingree. What's up, guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We are seamless. Yeah. <laughs> so far. All Ping has heard you say is "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> you're like you're like a wrestler who's trademark. That's his trademark. Um, hey, so uh, Jacksonville Supercross <laughs> just happened, and uh, right away, let's talk about. Uh, we got so much to touch on, and uh, as well, let's touch on the fact that you should all go to BTOsports.com and buy stuff. Nice. Uh, and before yes. we, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ping's just chuckling here. Um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the – now, Ping, you were not there, but you've, you've watched the race on speed. You've seen it. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the lack of attendance at Florida races, first of all. Jacksonville, from what I hear, they're not going back there next year. I think this was three and out. And, uh, and I don't blame them. The, 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 the attendance wasn't there. The attendance wasn't there in Tampa. The attendance wasn't there in Orlando. Different stadiums, different cities. Miami, 89. I was there. As a 16-year-old kid in the, watching the sand, watching Ronnie Tishner throw it away while leading, and uh, they didn't—they didn't get anybody either. So uh, watching Bradshaw wax everybody. Yeah, Bradshaw fall down four times and still win. Um, awesome. uh, what's the deal, Weege? What well, is the deal? I, my theory is that they are misled into thinking that. I know the reason they had a race in Jacksonville was because they are desperate to try to have an Atlanta two. The Atlanta race is such a hit, such a success, and they're trying to find another event to tap into what they think is this massive crowd from the southeast. 
but I can tell you that the massive crowd in Atlanta is not all from the southeast. Everybody I know from Ohio and Pennsylvania and West Virginia and New Jersey that don't have any supercross races any, anywhere near them goes to Atlanta. I used to do it. It was an 11-hour drive, and I was in college. I had no money, but I was not going to miss Atlanta because that and Indy are the only races that you can conceivably even go to. So when you see 70,000 people at the Georgia Dome, it looks like you have 70,000 people from Georgia. But you have all these Supercross fans that don't have any other alternatives that road trip. I mean, a 10-hour road trip is nothing to a motocrosser. So I think they believe that they're – why can't we get these people to drive three more hours and just come to Jacksonville? No. The people drove 10 hours to Atlanta. That's enough. They're not going to Jacksonville. That's, I think, the whole problem. And so you – but what – And okay, so – you're just saying Florida people are not in the Supercross because Orlando and Tampa didn't draw either. I think the problem is that for any race to really be successful, you, you, I don't know if any one area is enough. You need to have people come from a, from, a, from a wide range. Wow. You know, that's funny you say that because I spoke to a certain two-time Motocross the Nations champion, former factory rider, former Supercross, 125 Supercross championship winner, and, wow. and, uh, Did he win a race and he won the championship? No, he didn't. He was he, no, he played it safe and pl- raced for the points. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, I spoke to to him, lifelong Florida resident, and he agreed with you in the fact that the cities in Florida, they don't have outlying areas. They have just the cities, and then there's nothing around them. So you're only drawing from those cities for those races: Miami, Orlando, Tampa. That was his theory. Jacksonville, even. And uh, and people just aren't going to – you're not going to get the suburbs in there. You need the traveling people, and Florida is just too far to travel for people from the Northeast, like you're saying. So he sort of agrees with you. I feel like when you're at Redbud or in the old days of Pontiac or Indy or, or, or Atlanta, you see tons of people who are from the general – like the general region, like mm-hmm. four or five hours away. Yeah. They're not missing Redbud. They're going to Redbud. That's their local race, even if they live in Illinois. That's still their local race, even though it's five hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a big reason why you get such a big crowd in Indiana and Atlanta nowadays. It's not Indianapolis and Atlanta per se. It's within a five- or six-hour drive of plenty of people. Right. But why would you pick Jacksonville over Atlanta? You know right. what I mean? If you right. live in Pennsylvania, go to Indiana and Atlanta. Why would you go to Jacksonville? Yeah. You know, and I think Daytona does okay. Daytona's yeah. got a whole lot of other That's, stuff going on. It's, yeah, it's maybe a, different a whole animal. spring break week. Right, it's a different animal for sure. And Daytona yeah. never used to draw very well either. I think they've improved quite a bit over the years yeah. um, from where they were yeah, back in, back when I first started going there. Ping, uh, yes. what what do you think <clears throat> of – you all right? Yeah, I was dozing off over here. I was like falling out of the conversation. I was out of the loop. Well, sorry, bud. Let, let me ask you one thing about Jacksonville because I haven't been to that stadium, but I, I remember going to Atlanta or uh, Orlando mm-hmm. and thinking I wouldn't come to this stadium <laughs> if I lived even anywhere around here. Uh-huh. Like, it's like going to you know downtown L.A. or something. Just right. Yeah, it is a rough area. Friendly environment. Yep, for sure. Jacksonville. No. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's really nice. It's right, right downtown. Uh, looks nice. Uh, right on the water. That's not an issue, I don't think. But, Ping, here's what I'd like to find out from you, and maybe you can not insert your yeah. own questions into, into my podcast show. Um, oh, sorry. The, uh, the comeback. There's something to be relevant here. 
the comeback from from Feld guys would be, man, we had seventy thousand in this stadium three weeks ago for a monster jam race, and that's true apparently. So, are why are monster jam people just not going to Supercross? Apparently they're not. Yeah. I don't even think I need to answer that. If you're telling me they had seventy thousand people, they did. Uh, yeah, why, why not? Just a different crowd, huh? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Great. Obviously. Awesome. awesome. I, Thanks. Thanks for that. I think the Monster Jam has a universal appeal. If you've got like a right. a kid aged five through twelve in your house, mm-hmm. he's a fan of Monster Jam. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's all you need to do is just have a kid aged five to twelve. Except Ping, who will never take his kids there, right? Well, yeah, but how? how I don't know. I, how do you? How is he not a fan of Supercross? Just probably because they've never taken him. Well, Ping has girls, so. Yeah, my wife actually suggested we. Uh, yeah, I think the girls might like that. We should go to a monster truck thing. I looked at her like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, that's right. You did. You, you protected. Except him. You covered this a few weeks ago. Uh, um, I just. Uh, uh, I don't right. get it. I don't know why someone would say, "Oh, Supercross, nah," but monster trucks, yes. Let's go do well, that. Besides saying, I would go for Damon Bradshaw. Uh, oh, you know, maybe that's, that's why cool. their crowd is so good nowadays. I'm just saying. I'm they just have saying. Bradshaw. We don't. Yes, exactly. Um, I'll be it. All right, let's let's go on to this race. Uh, we covered that. I, I just want okay. to get. Well, wait. Get some... Here's a, here's. I think we just stumbled upon something. Okay. All right. So, Ping, you haven't been to Jacksonville, but just yeah. hearing Jacksonville, you're a little suspicious. Is it okay? Right. Yeah. You're not sure. sure. Uh, so let's say you know you don't live in Jacksonville and you haven't been to the stadium, like you or plenty of other people. I wonder if Jacksonville, people think, I don't know, man, Jacksonville not good. Like, I know Atlanta's fine, but I don't know about Jacksonville. Maybe that's a problem. Hmm. You know, for some I reason, think, people ask I think that only, only if you had been to Orlando, because I would think it would be nice, except I've been to Orlando, been to the Citrus Bowl or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. Dude, it's bad. Bad. Um, yeah. Nothing. And on that, it is strange to think that the Pontiac race was one of the biggest ever. But as soon as they moved that thing to downtown Detroit, that was the end. Yeah. Yeah, that's another that's, – that's a case study for something. Yes. I don't know what, but something. I'm not smart enough to know what it's a case study for. But it's yeah. a case study for su- suburban, suburbia versus downtown core, something. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they just moved it away from that Big Buck restaurant. Remember that Big Buck restaurant that was across the street from Good the Silver Dome? Oh. Good times. Good times in that restaurant, for sure. Oh, yeah. And maybe once there was no Big Buck, you know, down by Fort Field, there was no race. So, Could be. Uh, let's talk about this race. Uh, holy shit balls! I mean, I don't even know where to start. Ping, where do we start? What's what's the story? James, RV, uh, Kennard, um, the Dungey, Reed, Baggett. What's the story? Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't even know where you begin because they're all a story, you know. What's the What's the most amazing thing to you of the weekend? Villapoto not making it, yeah, not making the main, right? Um, you know, great for the fans because it's like we hit reset on the series <clears throat> to a certain degree. But yeah, I don't has has that ever happened? You know, I keep hearing people ask that question, we, but I don't. Yeah. Has it ever happened? I, I called, uh, well, Ween Weeds were talking about that on IM yesterday. I called Dan Bentley at Honda to say, hey, man, do you ever remember it happening? Like, 
maybe Bradshaw didn't do it or Stanton. I mean, I don't think Stanton, but I'm like any chicken, anybody leading the series. And he's just like, no, like he, he could not remember it. The, the, the thing on TV was David Villeman missed Daytona when he was the points leader due to an injury. Uh, Weeds, you said RJ also RJ got, got injured hurt in yeah. Pontiac right. and missed the first night. But what I don't know is when did he get hurt? Did he get hurt in practice during the day or did he get hurt in his heat race? Right. But even well, even then, that's, like a different, that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. Straight up not making the main. We're struggling. We don't know if that's ever happened. Just not qualifying? I doubt it. Hey, so what about what about this? And I don't agree with this, but I I may or may not have heard this from somebody who was employed by Kawasaki. <laughs> um, what What the hell, man? We got the stars of the sport. The fans come to see the stars of the sport, and now the star can't race. Any... Any legitimacy to that point? Well, this is why they they had that uh, original, right? Yeah, it, which and, I hated. I thought that was dumb. It does suck, but you know, I I, I promise you, there's fans who were, were like, you know what? I drove all the way down here to see Stewart and RV race, right? And I didn't get to see either one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, know. right. So so there is something, something to it. To it. I, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I don't know the answer because... Yeah. Weege, what do you think? You can go two ways with that, though. I felt like when Villa put it in qualified, the overall atmosphere was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I can't believe this. Right. Not like, oh, this sucks. Now I don't even get to see him race. I felt like people all of a sudden were like, man, I'm about to witness something nuts here. Like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to complete disappointment. Now, if Stewart had checked out, and one easy, then a lot of people probably would have said, damn it, I wish Philip Hood was in that to give us a race. Yeah. But um, before the main event, it sure seemed like people thought it was crazy and wild as opposed to suck. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, for RV, uh, it's funny how it works because James got carried off on a backboard and gained three points on the leader. Uh, (laughs) Well, I don't know if that's ever happened. RV could have been, you know, three points ahead in the lead. Because James probably would have won. He damn, he looked good all day, and he he keeps his point le- points lead, and he, now he's got to worry about Reed. But I feel like he's got. I feel like he feels like he's got Reed covered. So in a way, in a strange, bizarro world, it worked out the best it could for both guys, huh, Weege? Like, yeah, I'm not sure if you're Villapoto. Obviously, Villapoto, the best scenario would be make the main and win the race. Right, of course, yeah. But if you were to You'd almost say you would almost take this. Like, okay, you're probably a little bit – you've got to be a little bit worried about Stewart. I mean, yeah. they might not say that, but let's be honest. You right. have to be worried about that guy going on a win streak. So now he's has one less race to make up points. He didn't really make up much. He's still basically a race behind in points, and now there's one less race, and he's hurt to some degree. Um, so I don't know. Like, to have Stewart that much further toward being eliminated and then just have Reed and Dungey closer, you might take that. Yeah, what do you th- let, me, let, let me ask you a question real fast here because there was a few guys who went down on that start. Um, oh. You? In the, no, in the main event. Um, was it was it Gerke and Stewart and uh, someone else DNF? Didn't even finish a lap. Weston Pike. Weston Pike. Okay, so they all don't finish a lap. I know where you're going with this. I got to the bottom of it. But, okay, so Stewart gets 18th, you know, Gerke gets 19th, Pike gets 20th. How is that decided? Because it was a swing of a couple points. It's decided on heat race finishes. It's decided okay. on your quali- your gate pick, right? 
qualifying. Yes, qualifying, not gate pick, not heat race. Sorry, my bad. Um, we found no, that out well, last night. qualifying time. Your gate pick is based on the heat, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Wait, so you guys just confused me. Is it heat race finish or qualifying time? Heat race finish. Like I said. Yeah, but <laughs> heat race finish time. It's basically, if you have a better gate pick in the main, which okay. is based on the heat yeah. race, right? Heat race finish, That's yeah, what okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I was, we were talked to, uh, uh, I don't know who told us last night that on the Papa Mech show, which everyone should tune into Monday night, 6 o'clock. Um, yeah. So, oh. um, anyways, so yeah, that's why, because um, I may or may not have been talking to Ryan Villapoto, who said that Gerke's body actually flew past Stewart's bike. <laughs> I swear to God, he used those words. That his body flew past Stewart's bike, therefore he beat Stewart and should have been scored better. <laughs> his, his carcass, his carcass was flying through the air, and so techni- technically for beat Villapoto, It's whoever got the furthest down the track. Yes, so if you're going to crash. You just launch yourself a couple more feet. <laughs> that is Ryan Villapoto's uh, basis on who should be scored where. <laughs> Can they bring out like, the first awesome. down marker and get some referees down there to measure? Who's hey, playing? and the best part is like stone cold serious. What? And let me just you know, let me just. Well, Gerke's body flew past Stewart's bike, so technically he was ahead. <laughs> that right there was the sentence. I swear to you. So. I'm not sure like how we can do this if we need like forensics. Like, uh, oh look, look, Stewart. Some of Stewart's blood. Is actually There's like chalk outlines on the track. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Here's where his hand was. Yeah. Clearly ahead of Gerke. Of yeah. Stewart's body. Stewart's, some of Stewart's blood splatter went further than Gerke's <sighs> body. I mean, I don't know. So You picture injured riders trying to, like, drag themselves five more feet <laughs> on the track on their elbows. Get those points. That, and, and that would take a whole new level of uh, he really wants it bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. That would be a whole new level of man. He, tell you what, that's a hard worker. He he really. That's, that's WWF that's, right there. Yeah, that's the so. modern version of Rhino pushing his bike across the finish line. Now it's, <laughs> he drug himself army crawl with a broken yeah. pelvis. Yeah, up the first whoop. So <laughs> he clearly gets that extra point. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that's how it goes down. So yeah, Stewart gains three points on uh, on Villaboto. Um, so he's twenty three back now, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, uh, it's it's nuts. And then as far as uh, as far as Stewart's crash, what do you think, Ping, when you saw it and watched it and analyzed it? I don't know. Yeah, I, racing incident, right? I mean, just shit. Yeah, happens, you know, yeah. you you could go round and round about people saying, "Oh man, they shouldn't put rhythm lanes right out of the first turn." They shouldn't put ropes out of the first turn. They well, just put, like you know. yeah, nothing. Basically, right. they want a flat track for the first lap, and then yeah, slowly introduce the jumps. Maybe go around the outside on the concrete for the first <laughs> lap. You know that sometimes that crap just happens. Mm-hmm. It, it it sucks, but it just happens. Um, you know, I've seen stuff go wrong where they put whoops out of the first turn. I've seen it go really wrong where there's a triple out of the first turn. So what do you put? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It yeah. Has to go into the track somewhere. So I don't know. I heard a lot, of, awful lot of complaining about the right hand start and about about the the rhythm lane right out of the turn, but yeah. It's it's dirt bike racing. There's 20 guys who are all pumped full of hormones and going for it. So right. that stuff just happens sometimes. 
Right. Well, uh, I feel bad for Gurky, really, more than anything, because dude got jacked up. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. fractured a part of his pelvis, mm-hmm. broke his hand or wrist or something. I broke my pelvis in 91 at Fargo Arena Cross. Not Did you go to get a hamburger? Oh, after? what? Did you go to get a hamburger? No, after? that was with my broken arm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. My broken pelvis, uh, it was a two-nighter race, and I did it on the first night while leading the 125 A main, by the way. Thank you. Um, Crash went over the bars. Uh, My buddies had the race the next night, so they wheeled me around in an office chair uh, because I couldn't – I didn't have health insurance, or we thought I didn't have health insurance. turns out I did, so we never went to the hospital. (laughs) And uh, I actually – I peed my pants because I I couldn't get shuffled to the bathroom close in, in enough time. And they pushed me around in an office chair. And then one guy hit a crack in the pavement, and I tumbled to the ground, and it was very embarrassing. And, Anyways, that's my story. Um, but Beef Gurky has had a tough season, as did I in 91. Um, now, so let's, let's – uh, uh, if you're Stuart and you're, you're – you got to be thinking, Weege, what the hell is going on? We had Sorby. Sorby called the show last night, which is always entertaining. And yeah. he said, uh, "He said a tough year, man. Tough year." And uh, and that's my best French accent. But that's the truth, man. I, I, James is he's got to be wondering what is going on. Well, the first thing I'm wondering what is going on. Um, I said before with the crawling across the floor would be mm-hmm. like a WWF moment. Where yeah, the guys like just trying to get to that rope when he's in a submission hold. Right. But this is another WWF moment. Only in wrestling would a guy be that beat up and have to be carried off in a stretcher and, and, and put in an ambulance. Right. All we needed was the hand going up on the stretcher. Because he's somehow okay. <laughs> well, Ping, what's – Ping, actually, better question for Ping. What's the protocol? So James scooted off the track, kind of like my dog comes in and scoots his butt on the carpet and pulls himself with his front legs. Um, uh, uh, James scooted off the track. At that point – would he have told the Astro crew, hey, my back hurts, and then no questions asked, bam, on the board you go? Is that how it goes? Well, if it was typical EMS, yeah. If a guy has any sort of traumatic fall and he's complaining of neck or back pain, you put him in full right. that's what spinal they did. precautions. Right. Like, see collar, tape him to the board. Like, you don't let him move until you can x-ray and prove that there's no spinal fracture. Uh-huh. But the Astro Guys, they don't kind of, they don't really work under those guidelines. It's a lot more fast and loose. So they'll be like, "Well, you know, how bad does it hurt? Where does it hurt? You feel like you can get up and get in the mule?" I mean, it's it's like he obviously felt like he could get up and get in the chair and they could drive him out. Well, um, I, I don't think so. I don't think anybody here is going to say James is uh, not tough or or is a pussy or whatever you want to say it. Um, so he obviously was hurting really bad. Yeah, you know, it seems to me like he probably just kind of rung his bell a little bit. If there was something, or it was a, a an upper limb that was hurt, because if he got up and walked into the to the mule, sat down, and they drove him out, nobody did. They carried him and sat him down. No, he got caught. Oh, he was strapped. He, he was strapped on a backboard. No, but did he walk to it, or they backboarded no. him out? No, they backboarded him out. Uh, yeah, they drove that. him out while he was on the backboard. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Then that, then it could have been. Then they might have just been taking precautions, and yeah, he probably went to the hospital and got an X-ray. What a what a, what a crazy night! What uh, I mean, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna put this out there right now. I'm gonna put it out. You guys ready? Oh boy, he's not gonna win this thing. Not looking good. 
I mean, and and that and that with with three main event wins, not winning in six six weeks. That's a disaster year for James Stewart. I mean, uh, battle to the wire, win eight races, um, crash out of a few. Villapoto wins six, and Villapoto wins the title. Eh, okay, you'll take that. You know what I mean? Not, the shine isn't that much gone on James Stewart if that happens. But now we're looking at hasn't won in six weeks, only has three races, only three wins, and um, this is a disaster, huh, Weech? Yeah, I mean, in 2009 – you know, he goes down with a just one mistake at Anaheim 1 and has a monumental point deficit to make up, and Reed's going to get second every week almost no matter what. If he had lost that title, I think it would have been like, well, clearly he was the better guy. Right. It's just the way the points are structured, blah, blah, blah. This is not like that, you know? No. This is – I think a lot of people could see James Stewart not winning titles, but also not winning the most races – you know, that's like, it's almost like you know he's going to win the most races, but is he going to win the title? But here he's not doing either. It is it is very strange. I don't know how this one – this one, I don't know what you can point to. It's not really his fault. It's just, yeah. just a thing that happened. Maybe, maybe Daytona or something like that. You can uh, that's, say that he, it, that's, see, that's what I would say. Daytona was the pivotal point to me. Like, after that, I yeah. was like, this is, this is RV's title to lose. Yeah. yeah. Even, if, if, even if last night – well, of course, if he'd won last night, it would be – it would definitely be close, but Daytona to me was pivotal as he had that win. I mean, all he had to do was back it down a touch and not go over the bars violently. And, you know, he pulls himself back into the game, gets the momentum going again. It didn't happen. And it's, I, I just feel like that was where it kind of turned to, to where he went, well, mm-hmm. even on his pants, it ain't over yet. You know, that means yeah. he's thinking that everyone's thinking or saying he's out of it. Uh, I feel like deep down he kind of knew. He was, but he was going to still dig in and try to make something happen. And it's, I, I, I've yeah, got, I, I think it's too late. I, I mean, it's it's crazy, and and I've got I've got a lot of theories, a lot of thoughts on this. Um, let me ask you, Ping, though. How much, if any, do you think the Larry Brooks situation has to do with what's going on now? Obviously, Larry's not out there riding a the bike, and he's not uh, not the one wheeling into the face in Daytona and. You know, corkscrewing him into the ground. He's not. He's not on Matt Gerke's bike, as far as we know. Launching into James off the start. But you've been on teams. I've been on teams. You know when things are good and things are bad, and maybe there's a lot of stress over there. I don't even know that. Maybe everything's great. You know, I don't know. But can we at all point to the fact that Brooks is gone, and he he hasn't won since that, and there's probably some some shit going on behind the scenes, maybe. A little weird or a little different. Am I am I out to lunch? No, you know that we talk about this all the time. How mental this sport is. Yeah. Go ask Brian Dungey what it's like without DeCoster and you know Ian over there. Right. I know. I know his program hasn't changed a lot, but mentally, there has to be something to that where you're going, oh man, so, you know, it's just a little different here. I don't have the normal, you know, solid guys around me I normally do. Right. Okay. Even if you don't like Larry, he's he's. I don't know. He's he's a solid guy. He he'll, you know. I feel like he'd be good for you mentally to have him there at the races because yeah. he's a very, um, how do you describe him? Just very mentally strong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, we talked about this last week too. So I don't want I don't want to harp too much on. I don't want to stay too much on it. But uh, I don't think it's the reason James, cra- you know, crashed yeah. or James, you know. It, right. But right. certainly isn't helping the fact that yeah. you know a guy who's been there with him. Uh, for years is now all of a sudden gone. Yeah, 
And uh, and Weege, um, um, we haven't even touched on Canard yet or Reed. We'll get to that. But what I want to do is uh, is switch to Dungey here. My co-host and I on the Pulp MX show, Monday night, 6 p.m., uh, almost got into a uh, throwdown over Dungey last week after Indy um, when I, again, trotted out my line, which you know all too well. You've heard it enough up there in the press box. Um, this was another opportunity for Ryan Dungey. He was right there in third. And those guys had a straightaway on him at the end. And uh, he couldn't make it happen, right? I mean, there's something. He's not as fast. Can we say that? But here's, what, here's, here's what's really perplexing. I really thought in Indy, in Indy he was on the verge of turning around. He, mm-hmm. he had a crash, but he was clearly taking it to Reed. I felt like he, that crash was because he was trying to be almost a little too aggressive, which had been the problem all year. He maybe wasn't being aggressive enough. Mm-hmm. And then he was so angry after that race. Um, I thought, I'm like, all right, well, now we're going to really see it. And then when Villapoto doesn't qualify and Stewart is down and he has a decent start, I'm thinking, all right, it's all lined up now. And wait a minute, not only to win the race, but this dude might end up winning the title after all. Right. Um, wow, he's still, yeah, still not far but off. But then it didn't happen. You know, when he was in third early, knowing how aggressive he was last week, knowing how mad he was, and knowing that, I mean, he had Reed covered speed-wise last week. He, he did. He did. I would, I would definitely say that. Yes. I totally thought that it was all going to come together, at least win this race, and if not, all of a sudden find himself in position to win this title after all this drama, and it did not happen. I was really surprised. Not good. You know what's interesting, just when you look at consistency and how important it is in winning one of these titles, give Dungey a fifth at that race where his chain broke. You know, even if he that night wasn't good for him, he got a fifth. Then he is yep. right in the mix of these points right now. He's uh, he's two points back of uh, of uh, Villapoto if you give him a fifth. So, and, and that's crazy. He hasn't even been really close to even winning one yet, but he would be right there in the hunt. This kind of so. reminds me of last season's outdoors because every guy last year had something go wrong at some point, and it was like this crazy mix of. Uh, you know, good finishes and then some terrible finish in the outdoors last year that would jack everybody up, except for Ryan Dungey. I mean, I, I should say qualify that as all the guys behind them. Nobody seemed to want to take second place. And uh, it doesn't seem like anybody wants to take first place here. Like, they all sort of have those what-if moments. Maybe not Reed, though. Reed's worst finish, Weege, was a seventh, you said? Yeah, and you know what, though? But that's the same deal with him. At the beginning of the year, who would have thought that when he was, you know, laying in the sand, knocked down in the ground in the first lap of Oakland or whatever it was, and he came back for six, that those points were going to be. Right. I think only Chad Reed has enough confidence in himself, <laughs> how badly the beginning of the year went, on a new team, unproven, all this stuff, to actually think those points were maybe going to matter. And unbelievable, they actually do. Yeah. Um, when he got on the podium, whatever race that was, he was Anaheim 2, he was laying in the sand. Was Oakland the one where he no, first LA, on the podium? No, LA, yeah. L.A. he was laying in the sand. Yes, L.A. was in the sand, Oakland he got on the podium, and I think everyone in the industry was just pumped that he could get one more podium finish maybe for his career. I agree. It's crazy, right? Like, yes. People were like, wow, he, at least he made the podium. Good job. Yes. You now know? he could be champ. <laughs> now he's, he's on there, you know? And if his body flies further than Villapoto's in, in Vegas, <laughs> he can win the whole thing. Um, but you've got to take advantage of your opportunities, yeah. and that's the thing. If you're Dungey, you can't just keep getting third every week and count on dudes not making mains and right. crashing with Matt Gerke. Like, eventually you gotta, 
You got to you got to yeah. take advantage of your opportunities. And, and that, it was there for Dungey, man. It was there. Back. So yeah, that was that was a uh, a weird deal because he's not going to get a better opportunity than that. And I know Trey and Chad obviously were both riding well, but man, come on, that was the best shot Dungey was going to have at win. And I think I think it's I think it, as each week goes on, and after what happened last Saturday night. I mean, I would feel comfortable saying Ryan's not going to win a race this year. Whoa, because we just asked this Whoa. last week. And you guys I know. said well, yes. Well, I'm just telling yep. you, after yep. what I just saw. Okay, yeah. If he can't take advantage of that, the two fastest riders in the class out, you still can't win. You, you don't even get second. You got third. Like, I, And I'm not bagging on Ryan. I like him. I just think right. if he couldn't have done it Saturday, I don't think he's going to do it. That doesn't mean he Absolutely won't. No, Obviously, of course not. Could line up kid, yeah, you've been wrong about a lot of things, Ping. I've been wrong so much stuff, but I mean ridiculous stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like that, that, like that time you said the moon was made out of cheese. Like you've I been still, wrong a lot. I still can, have you been there? No. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> You're right. I don't. You could be right. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I say he's not going to do it. Or uh, Weege, what do you think? I might have to change my mind on this Whoa. one, too. I know. I don't believe everyone's off the dungeon. Yeah, track. well, it was there, man, and yeah. Yep. You know how certain – this is what's strange. You know how there's certain guys – it was kind of like Sipes, and now Sipes finally got one. Or I feel like a guy like Brett Metcalf, the guys who are always close but can never seem to win, and it's like mm-hmm. they ride awesome when they fall in the first turn, but when they get the whole shot, they tighten up. Like that type, those type of guys where it just seems like they just, for whatever reason, it never works out. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way it is. But this is bizarre. This is a guy who is the champ. He won five races last year. He won almost every national. How could he be the kind of guy that has that mojo going? That doesn't make any sense. So weird. Yeah, no, absolutely. Weird. It, it is. Uh, uh, Ping, you got to be happy. Your guy, Trey Kennard. Check that Yeah, out. I was pretty happy for him, man. Yeah. I, I didn't uh... – Certainly wasn't thinking that after practice, and you know, just watching the heats and everything. Mm-hmm. After the heat races, I wouldn't have said, "Oh yeah, it's Trey's night; he's going to win it." Yeah, but man, um, it's for him. How about that ridiculous scrub to get Reed back? I mean, just Reed even twittered. I'm, Reed twittered. It was so good that you know these guys never want to give anybody any props anywhere. But Reed twittered uh, or tweeted, I guess. Uh, I'm going to work on my. Turn down scrubs or something, just like I Trey. Took peg scraping yeah. scrubs. Yeah, yeah, I saw that because uh, that was ridiculous, and it allowed him to pull up next to Reed in that <laughs> next turn, and and get him back. I, I promise you, I think Trey is as good as anybody at scrubbing. Like, yeah, it's retarded how but he well he can stay when he wants. But he doesn't do it what James does. He does a different type of scrub. Yeah, he he doesn't like turn the bike. He like. I don't know what he does. He like whips it or something. I don't know. Like he moves his ass and and the thing just. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and that's a great ass at that. No, <laughs> um, I don't know. But yeah, no, it was ridiculous for sure. And um, Ouija, you were there. We all were waiting for Reed to take another run in the whoops, but he never got close enough. Well, um, after the race, the next day, I was talking to some uh, some people at the airport, and one of the theories that somebody had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Ping, I'll throw this one at you. Reed closed it on Kennard. You saw that he was going to get him. He just nice underneath him in a, in a 180. It was 
it was just textbook the way that Reed was taking. You know, you're a rookie. I'm, this is my chance to win a title. I've been here. I'm taking the lead. And over that triple, he pulls a tear off. And I heard a bunch of people say, that was a, I'm out of here. I'm tearing you off. I'm done. See you later, kid. Pull the tear off. And then all of a sudden when they landed from the jump, Kennard was still next to him. And Kennard was not going to let Reed uh, get by him in the next turn. I mean, Kennard just locked up the brakes. And no matter what, Kennard was going to hold the inside of the next corner. And I heard some people say that they think that Reed thought as soon as he made that pass, it was over. And then once Kennard responded, he wasn't prepared for that. And if you're a Chad Reed hater, you want to say that's because he's cocky. But um, I, I don't know if that's true. But that's what I—that's the theory I heard some people say. Is, does, can that? Well, at, thing, is being, that an being, theory? Could that happen? Being the veteran guy that Chad is, you know, um, like I even—I was out at the ta- Honda Test Track one day this year, um, preseason or right right around the first few rounds, and Trey was saying something about. It was just Trey and Chad riding, and uh, they actually ride quite a bit together now, which is weird the way the whole race went down. But Trey said something like, "Man, his style is so good, man!" Like he was just—you could tell he was still watching Chad, you know, just sort of in awe, like a kid. And I looked at him. I said, "Dude, I promise you, when you're riding, he's watching your style, going, damn, that kid's got good style.' I promise you." And Trey was like all taken back by it. Like I'm serious. I'm just like kissing your butt. That like for real. And uh, I think Chad thinks that. He makes a. Yeah. Oh yeah, you don't say. No, I think he's got a name like that. You you make a pass like yeah, son. I just you know better get in line behind me now. We didn't hear a thing you said. Your phone dropped out. Oh, it did. Yeah. Can you hear me now? We heard we heard the part the part about uh, what did we hear what did we hear up to each. When you have a name like Chad Reed, you yes. Well, okay. Well, I'm just saying when you have a name like Reed. Uh, I, I I think these young you know they think these younger kids are going to be like whoa, you know yeah I'll just follow them into the finish here or something you know you I feel like you just made the pass you deserve the win now you know get get behind me <clears throat> not that reads a dick I just think yeah, you, right you kind of get that right. alpha dog alpha male kind of thing going and I bet it did surprise him when Trey scrubbed the hell out of that triple and landed beside him again mm-hmm. I'm sure that it did and uh, you know for Trey. Getting past was a, like he said, it flipped the switch for me. He's like, you know, no way. I just led this whole thing. I'm not letting it go. Mm-hmm. And I think for Chad, it had, I think that pass back sort of caught him off guard and maybe threw him off his game just a little bit. Impressive. Uh, normally, you don't get hunted down past with a lap and a half to go, and you normally don't make that repass. Normally, in a lot of cases. So good for Trey Kennard. To do that. Yeah, he's had that happen twice now. So yeah. I think he, yeah, That's for whatever true. reason, he can dig in and. and uh, You're right. You know, I've said a lot of times I could never. Once you get into a nice rhythm and a certain pace, it's really hard to. Yeah. All of a sudden, drop a second or two off your lap time, and he's been able to do that, which is really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. Um. The whoops were good. It was. It was nice to see a challenging set of whoops, although. You know, uh, as uh, some were saying, um, it was it almost they were almost too challenging, and I believe they flattened them before the uh, before the night show. Weege, did you hear that? Uh, I I saw that via the uh, Twitter feed of uh, James Stewart's gear company. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got to do something about this. Yeah, uh, I had a, I had a talk with him. I had, okay. I had, talk, <laughs> I had a talk with him. I I said to him, dude, I like you. You're a good dude, but stop that. 
you know, stop saying you ran out of time at Indy. Stop saying they flattened the whoops because one guy is so much better than everybody. Dude, the one thing that the guys at that level aren't even thinking about is you got to have light guys get through those whoops as well. Yeah. And, man, if they had, it was bad enough even after they flattened them. Right. When you got privateer guys on 250Fs, you can't build the whoop section just around what works for Stewart or Villapoto. Like, yeah. this is a whole other level, man. Did you but see I, that crash I, I on TV? Were people in crashing in those whoops? What's that? Were there, were there any big crashes in those whoops? Were people getting hurt? Not in practice, I don't think too bad. Um, so, so this is what I don't understand. I mean, whoops are, as long as you don't put them after a triple where you're coming in fourth gear with, you know, a ton of speed, you know, big crashes don't typically happen in the whoops. You get hurt when you're going faster. So, so they're tough, and people are struggling with them. Okay. So? Okay. Not, not flat track racing. Like, yeah. Why would you mow them down? I don't understand why they do that sometimes. Like, if it's going to rain, like San Diego I kind of got because it's going to get slimy, and that can be gnarly, but... The conditions are right. Why are you knock the whoops down? Okay. Well, you know what? Then, then maybe the answer racing theory is correct. Maybe that is. Well, no, no. no I, don't I, I don't. It was because one guy was faster. I, I, I don't know why they do it, but yeah. But you're right, saying, though. Even the crashes that you did have, there were some. There were some big crashes in the lights races, like Wharton went down. But they just no one got carted off. Like you, it was you got shaken up or the wind knocked out of you. But in the end, no one. It wasn't as devastating as that rhythm section was, for example, yeah. you know? No, rhythm sections, you got a bunch of momentum and speed. You're going up and down, and usually you come down at the wrong time and, you know, smash into the ground with some force. Mm-hmm. Well, you usually just kind of get jiggy, your front end drops, and you shoot the bike off into the tough blocks and do a little cartwheel. Do a little cartwheel. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully your body lands further than the guy that you take out. And just drag your body just a little further than your next guy's bike. Um <laughs> Hey, so uh, let's move on to the lights class, um, or else do we have anything else about the 450s? Justin Brayton didn't make it. Weed, you're probably heartbroken. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that, man. You missed the what about his What about his slow-mo crash in that heat race? Um, yeah, that, yeah. Watching, I was watching that just kind of like going, that was weird. It looked like it yeah. was playing in slow motion. It didn't look that bad, and then, but it piled him pretty good, I guess. Yeah. In the LCQ also, I talked to uh, Mike Fisher, the Kawasaki team manager after the race, and he's... Villapoto says that the reason he crashed in the first turn in the LCQ was that Brayton came in way too hot around the outside. And they were like, why would he think he could pass us around the outside of the first turn? And then they locked up, and that stood Ryan up. But if you watch it, somebody punted Ryan on the inside. Yeah. Um, so he was a privateer Cowie guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, so it was – that crash was in motion already. If you're a Monster Energy Kawasaki and both your guys are in the LCQ, it's not going to be a good night. Yeah, we were joking in the press box, paying that. They come back from the LCQ and they go to Fabian as well. Okay, listen, we know we've been telling you all we want you to do is put the bike in the main, but you, we got to change it up. You need to go out and beat Stewart tonight and toss us a point. <laughs> tonight, Fabian, unleash. Unleash. It. Go, Fabian. I know you're still grasping for a top ten, but what we need you to do is go ahead and get on the podium tonight and be in front of James. <laughs> <laughs> what, how do you say unleash the hounds in French? <laughs> How do you say pour the coal on in French? Um, but, uh, yeah, Fabian couldn't quite do it, um, which wasn't a huge surprise. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. 
please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. Now available on iTunes, Motocross 101. The life-changing DVD by David Tingry. First instructional motocross DVD ever available from iTunes. Available now. Seven ninety nine HD. Go get it. Uh, Michael Lessie grabbing the whole shot? Weed, you yeah, talked to the 350s are back. Uh, I've been telling you guys for, how, for weeks how those bikes are the answer. Um, uh, Weed, you talked to Mike after the race. He was pretty excited. Uh, it was guarded excitement, though. Yeah. I mean, I think that... Classic Alessi, he would have been doing cartwheels not in the whoops, but just in the pits. He would have been so excited and mm-hmm. I'm back, and I'm lightning Mike, and look out, <laughs> Jeff. Um, Jeff's thunder. Nah, he wasn't. I think he knows better right now. Right, Jeff is thunder. I'm lightning. Let's make a Christmas card. Buy a fire a coloring book too. Buy a fireplace. <laughs> you lift your shirt up. You do a push up. Hey, they were lifting the shirt up, showing the abs before Mike. The situation they had that they had that trend. Another thing that Tony was on top of. Eight percent body fat, or six? Right. What was it? Uh, I thought it was two. Was it two percent? I don't know. <laughs> Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's a, God. They give us a lot, don't they? They just give and give and give. Yeah, I was. I, I purposely went over there hoping to get some fresh material, but yeah, he didn't have it this week. But I mean, you yeah. think if Michael Essie gets two hole shots in one night, look out! But yeah, vision was good, anyways. I, Mike's one of those kids that I want to like him, and I do, but he just constantly gives you a reason not to. I, you know, I, I like, like Mike. Really? I, I'll, I'll be on the record. I like Mike. I think that was an advertising slogan, wasn't it, back in the day? He likes Mike. Oh, okay. I like Mike. Tony is not nearly as crazy as I thought he was. Still crazy. I like Mike. I think that was a gay Gatorade commercial. Oh, okay. <laughs> no? Um, oh. But I will say this about Mike Alessi. He is the perfect example of a child who was homeschooled in a motorhome his whole life. I don't feel like he's socially says some says some weird things socially. Okay, Weege, can you back me on that? You think so? Yeah, do you even need my backup on that? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I I thought I sounded like a jerk right when I finished that sentence, so I needed I need someone to back me on that. Someone um, else jump on this grenade with me quickly, <laughs> please. <laughs> Dive into this hole I just dug. Um, no, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, just uh, yeah, he's a nice guy, but uh, you know. 
Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Um, Wyndham rode good, got a fourth. Uh, much improvement over the other races. He uh, he said after the race that uh, it was he was ha- very happy. He felt he was riding good. Then he invited me out that night um, just to do the interview up at four in the morning and see how it sounded then. And then he was planning on where he was going that night, which took me back to last week's podcast and made me think that perhaps Ping was correct. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's kind of funny. Party train was pulling out. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Afterwards, Ping, I was like, wow, Ping, I can't believe you threw that out there, that maybe he'd been up all night. And then, you know, the way he was talking after the race in Jacksonville, uh, yeah, maybe maybe you weren't so off after all. But 250 East Coast, uh, uh, another shocker. We had Anderson, Audette, and Blake Baggett not make the main event. And um, in talking to Mitch after the race, Ping, you, you've you've been there with Mitch. He uh, he was he was pretty pretty upset at Blake. Actually, he did not did not like Blake's move in the heat race. Was that he was pinning it back on? I mean, what? What? Was that what he was pinning on? Was Blake his move in the heat? Well, his his move in the heat out? wasn't necessary. And it sent him to the LCQ, which at that point, yeah. anything can happen. Yeah. You know? So, uh, he thought maybe Blake needed to ride a bit smarter at that well, time. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little – I was stunned because I, I was actually quietly picking Blake to win that championship. I just thought with the way Daytona went, the starts he's been getting. Wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. Weege, did, he not, did, he not, did he not talk about Sipes last week? I, I said think Sipes and Baggett were in the same. It was like the favorites would have been Wilson and Barsha, but now it's the other two. I think was the Sipes and Baggett. Yep. Okay. Okay. I thought theme. I thought he so, did choose. But I, I think after last night, man, Barsha really, or Saturday night, I think he really reestablished himself as the guy. Mm-hmm. And the points lead is now significant. Yeah. Um, so he'd have to have a. You know, Blake Baggett night to throw that one away. The like. the uh, if Barsha wins it. I think he can look to that, this race, and him, him, you know, he had, didn't have a great gate pick, and he swept that first turn, like just didn't even, didn't even shut off, and just swept it from the outside and was gone, and uh, the margin of error from that to the dudes on the inside, who were probably close to plowing into him, was probably so small, it was amazing, but uh, great move on Barsha's part. Have you guys ever, when, you, when you're riding, do you ever kind of, like, feel bad for your bike? Like, you kind of avoid mud puddles. Or, you, know, you don't ride it as hard. Like, don't be too hard on it because, you know, like, it's your bike. You want to beat it up. Like, you, you ever have that happen at all to you? No. Kinda, like, I was, not abusing your I, bike. I always just rode, like, whatever. I didn't even care. You didn't give it in? I was very, I was very I, tempted to make I, a weight joke there, but. I listened to that kid ride that bike in, like, a cringe. <laughs> He, he grabs it. It's like not even necessary. He's in here. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean. No. I, I agree. It's, it's well, unbelievable. Hey, here's he does what not I want to more it, than he does. It, if the bike doesn't break, I mean, I guess that's the defense you make. Well, it has a rev limiter, and it, his bike, he doesn't have a reputation for blowing up bikes. But is he actually riding slower that way? I mean, I know, when you're revving over a jump in midair, it doesn't make a difference. But when you are that tapped all the time, isn't it faster to shift sometimes? It's totally faster. I, but, I, you know, you shift up a gear, you still hold it wide open in the air, it's going to hit the limiter. Right. I don't know that he's in too low of a gear. He just, he's, he's, he's comfortable or 
that's his deal is to hold it wide open in the air. Yeah. Well, that's it's always not been necessary. Always been the rim guy. I don't yeah. Know. Always been the rim. I don't know. And in and out of corners and everything. I don't. I remember when everyone was switching over to two fifties, two fifty S, and whatever that would have been like mid, like oh four oh five when all of a sudden everybody had one outdoors. It was the only time the guys would be going past the mechanics area, and the mechanics would be writing shift on the pit board and waving their hand up, like. You can't just tap the bike out. You have to shift it. it does, it's not like a two-stroke. It'll hit a rev limit. It'll die. Um, so I wonder, is, is, unless he's just doing it over jumps nowadays, maybe he's cut it out coming in and out of turns, but I don't know. I don't know. You have to watch him to see if he actually needs to shift, but in the air, that's the fastest dude for sure. And I just want to tip my cap to Schneike, who's building his bikes, because the. Uh... The, uh, Everything and every week. The Geico Honda motor guy, Kibby, Christian Kibby, told me that uh, he now notices that amateur kids are doing it just all the time now. That's that's He says, just wait, Mathis. They're all going to ride like that because they see Barsha. And he's their hero. And they're all going to ride like that. So, Ping, get ready for more. <laughs> the goat. You know who used to do that? Do you remember? You guys remember watching Jimmy Button when he was an 80 rider? Way back then. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I was at Loretta as an 88. Yeah, 87. Button was that guy. Come on, Ping. Mean Weege. Weege was flagging in New Jersey, and I was in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> neither one Button of us. was a rever, yeah, man. Neither one of us had anything going on as far as, you know, seeing these dudes. We were looking up the guys like, you know, Button and Pingree and Renard, you know. Those were our heroes. They didn't cover it in MXA, so we were out of the loop. <laughs> exactly. They didn't cover <laughs> Buttons. It wasn't on Moto World a month after it happened, so you didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This Spain didn't say, and pay attention to Button revving his 80 here. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We, but, no, Button used to do it. Button was bad. Oh, man. Really? Yeah. Well, t- you want to talk monkey. About, you want to talk about a silverback Corella raping a motorcycle, <laughs> which I believe is no, a term. No, he was like a spider monkey. Oh. He even had monkey on the back of his pants. He did? Really? He had, yeah, monkey. No, he did He had monkey. Yeah. I don't even want to go. I don't know where to go with that, but I could, I could go a lot of places with that. Um, um, monkey. I hope he didn't get spanked. Monkey, and then it, when he when he wrote, stepped up to 125, they had Periscope, <laughs> which that I like even better because of his long neck. Because of his neck, yeah, exactly. I, I, I actually saw Jimmy Button's first national uh, on a Honda at Millville in 88. That was his first. He, he did he de- race a 500? No, he raced 125s. He debuted okay. with Bradshaw, same year. Oh. As the Beast. Beast got fourth. Jimmy was like set. Those were the days when you came out, and if you went 14-14 your first national, they were like, hey, this kid's got something. You know? Like, Bradshaw getting fourth was blow, blew people away. Like, oh, my God, this kid got fourth. You know? Right. Nowadays, if you come out and you don't get top five, uh, let's give up on this kid. Next. You know? <laughs> Next. Um, right? Am I, am I not right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I got 15th at my first national. It was the one at Glen Helen where they did the one 40-minute moto. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So I actually went 15-15. Right. In the two motos. Nas- wow. National number 90. From what? From one moto? From just that 15? From 15? one moto. Yep. They gave you two moto points, though? Yeah, it was double oh, they points. Did? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. Wait a minute. If so the results in the archives, if we could ever find them in that race, would say that you got a 15th and a 15th, even though you only got 
Like everyone's moto scores are identical. That's that was did. that was the one race um, might be in the history of you know the National Motocross Series that was just one was designed to be just one moto. It was it was a one moto format, forty minute moto, super TV. super hot, right? Yep, Morocco hotter than hell. Glen Hill was ninety three. Yep. And didn't somebody, some weirdo dude, get a fourth or something in the 250s or fifth? Factory Phil got, I think, second, third. No, yeah, he's not a weirdo dude, though. But a privateer guy, like Somo or somebody. Or uh, Manly, I don't or know, Manly man. Or I'd have to go back and look. It was hot. I pulled in with like 10 minutes to go and just told my dad I was going to quit. And he yelled at me and made me keep going. And you um, still got top 20. Uh, I still got 50. How? <laughs> and hey, you have no idea how hot it was. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, it must have been hot for everybody to be what? able to pull over. And st- what was everybody else doing? Everybody hold, was hold on. Hold on here. I'm trying to wrap my head around amateur sort of star, up and coming kid, David Pingree, pulls in at his first national and says he's going to quit. <laughs> I felt like I was going to pass out. I've never been that hot before. And I'm from Phoenix. Um, I'm just saying, like, like that doesn't bode well. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, you, you can go and look at my historically look at my results from the nationals and see that that actually starts to make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. hey, you're just starting out in your pro career. There's nothing but sunny skies ahead. You know, you're you're you you're, you're a professional racer. <laughs> your first moto, you pull in and say, I quit. I'm just trying to figure that well, out. I didn't. I didn't say I want to quit. I went. I feel like I'm going to pass out. I'm like really hot. Yeah. And well, you said quit earlier, so. Well, I was paraphrasing. So your dad, your dad yelled at you. Uh, yeah. I got. Yep. I got the same thing. Don't worry. I got the same yelling. Uh, not on your level, but yeah. Um. Uh, I'm still amazed that you can pull in and get 15th. Like that's a heck of an accomplishment. Yeah, for sure. No, uh, I, yeah. I think like 20 people have basically pulled out or passed out. It, it literally half the field didn't finish. Really? For sure? Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I swear. Um, wow. It'd be interesting to actually pull that result up and see. Well, we yeah. would if, if we had any sorts of archives in our sports. If we had anybody keeping track of anything in our yeah. sport. Yeah, that's uh, Major pet peeve of mine. Uh, I could probably go off for 20 minutes right now about how uh, if you want to look at results that happened past 2003, yeah, good luck. You know, mm-hmm. you have no idea. Paying what? Does, is Davey on that? Does Davey know this? You asking me? No, uh, Ping. Or, did I say Ping? He said Ping. Weege. I, I don't know anything about Davey working on that. Weege. Does Davey, yeah, he does. Does Davey Absolutely. know does. that the, the, the – I mean, he's such a fan of the sport. Yes. We uh, – when uh, Mad Max Sports got control of the motocross series two years ago and thought, okay, now we have to make the media guide. Um, supposedly there are boxes in a warehouse in Pickerington, Ohio, yep. AMA. Home of Jeff Bur- uh, Mark Burkhart. And, yeah. And we've thought about, like, it hasn't happened, but they want to send somebody there with, like, a laptop and a scanner and a table, set them up in that warehouse, and just give them, like, three days and a bunch of coffee and just say, copy every one of these things. Mm-hmm. Um because apparently it's all there on paper. It's not electronic at all. No one in the AMA really knows where anything is or cares. It's not like they're going to look something up for you if, you if you ask them. So all we could do is go there and, like, scan or photocopy every page. So he's thought about it. We just haven't executed Let's do it. it I'll do it. You know, a guy like you or I thought, me. I thought Mark Burkhart was from Pataskala or 
some other place. You know, still, not Pickerington. Still, still thinking about that. Nope, Pickerington. Sorry. Nope, Pickerington. Uh, uh, are you sure? Yeah, well, I worked for him at Supermoto. We won a Fontana race beating your guy, Jeff Ward, in Fontana. So, Dude, I, I promise it's not Pickerington. Let's make a little gentleman's bet right now. Well, I'm going to Google it right now. So, okay. Uh, Weed, you continue with your point about something about I- <laughs> <laughs> I made it already. <laughs> oh, the problem, if a guy like you or me went to do it, you would start getting so caught up, like you'd see some national from 1981, and then you'd start reading the results, and then it'd be 45 minutes. <laughs> that's that's actually a good point. You're right. You have to send you someone who wasn't a fan. Even know. Yeah. I feel like one of us. Could, I feel like one of us could send our wives there and say, "Hey, honey, yes. just do this." You're a robot. You know what else is tough? Even as photos before everything went digital, it's tough. Like you kind of get what you get, but if you're hunting for a specific race, oh yeah. Oh man, tough. We actually bought um, Dick Miller, who was the editor of MXA for years, sold us his old photos. So we have them, and it's just – I think we had Matt Ware spend six months trying to arrange it, and he made maybe like a 20% dent. So, you know, you're taking 20 years' worth of photos and trying to figure out what the hell they are, where they're from, who it is. Mm. Not easy. Mm-hmm. Still Googling. There's not a whole lot of information on Mark Burkhardt's career. Tony, it's Pataskala or something like that. So we are now killing time. Sorry. Yeah, I shouldn't even have brought it up. (laughs) Apparently the Supermoto results archives aren't any better. (laughs) Well, I really think Mark Burkhart, who's a good guy, maybe should get a markburkhart.com going on. He's loved in the Ohio area. Whatever whatever town he's from, there's a couple of him, Greg Rand, and Jeremy Buell get huge love if if you're in Ohio. Brock Sellards? Come on. Well, because Sellards, like everybody knows, Sellards was good. Like the guys, those are the guys oh, that are like, oh, 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 hometown Pickerton, Ohio, GrindTV.com athlete biography, Mark Burkhart. Thank you, thank you. Hey, um, it says Pickerington. Yes, it does. I'm not making right. it up. I just Google them. Um, All right, my bad. Um. Malcolm Stewart, DNF, not a good night for the Stewart brothers. Hometown race, too. A lot of family and friends there. Uh, I saw one guy, when James pulled out onto the track for the beginning of the first practice, stand up, cheer, clap, yell, scream. So he had a lot of fans there. And Malcolm also did not finish. And James has not won since Malcolm entered the East Coast races, which I don't know if that's a coincidence either or not. But uh, I was on the Mookie train. Maybe he's got Mookie fever. (laughs) <laughs> I, I have Mookie fever still And uh, it, it, it went down a little bit But I still have it And I don't, and I don't know how to get it cured um, Matt, Lamo, anything you want to say about uh, Malcolm? Weege or Ping? Are we... No? Uh, okay No, I don't know Hey, Lemoyne got fourth Good ride for him Yeah, he's been getting better actually he had a good ride in Indy. Would have had a good ride at Daytona, but he stalled it right at the end. He was mm-hmm. trying to get Warden for fourth. Yep. But he's actually been riding pretty well. Um, yeah, I think he's got to be, between him and Mookie, kind of the two breakout riders of that series that you know you kind of maybe didn't expect that much from him. Yeah, Anderson not making the main event allowed uh, LeMoyne, Larson, and Mookie to pass him. Not Mookie. Mookie was already in front of him. But 
Lemoyne got by him and Larson, I think, uh, due to Anderson not making the main event. So, uh, dude, Anderson got totally screwed twice: a in the races, b with the TV coverage. He starts second in the heat race, gets blatantly taken out by Gannon Audet, and I think they couldn't, they didn't look, they didn't even realize it was Anderson or whoever. They get up, and Emig says, "Tough break for Audet." He gets up and almost lasts, and I'm like, "Tough break." He tried to take a dude out. He deserves to go down. And well, then Anderson gets taken out off the start again, not his fault, in the LCQ. Like, that's well, getting screwed. Jason Thomas gets landed on by James. and uh, Tough break for James? Yeah, tough break for James Stewart, fastest man in the, in the world. Um, oh, that's privateer Jason Thomas. But, hey, James, uh, you know, tough break for him. And, and you know, and you'd think they'd, they, they would bring up the fact that JT is riding with no ACL from that crash. And he's really struggling, although he made the main event this week. Um, he's struggling with his knee, and he's just basically out there trying to collect some money from week to week, you know? I believe but, we broke that ACL news on this show. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Um, okay, let's talk about something that's it's really bugging me. Um, the fastest man in a lot. Is it, what is it? Fastest man alive? Fastest man in the world? On the planet. Okay, yeah. That bugs the shit out of me. Not only are, is Ralph saying it all the time, they are bringing him out on the intros in the stadium with that tagline. Now, I could be wrong. Perhaps James asked for that tagline. Like, I would always, I mean, I would ask for, you know, the sexiest man alive tagline. But I don't think James asked for that. And I think it's stupid. I said it, stupid, to keep saying that. Am I right? Do I have a point? Am I just being an idiot and b- talking about nothing? No, I agree. I think it puts him in a bad They are position. using it so much. They are using it like a middle name. Yes, and I think it puts him in a bad spot. Because I here's where I think that started. I'm pretty sure that it started, I think it actually started with Shaheen. That's the first time I remember hearing it. And it was like 07, he was just, or 08, he was dominating the races. Carmichael was gone, and I feel like they had nothing to say. They just had to fill time. He was just leading every lap and just walking away. So they were just coming up with, like, new things to say. And I think they just started rolling it out there. It wasn't a scientific study. It wasn't the result of a focus group panel. It was just a way to fill in time while he was snoozing through leading another race. And then somewhere it stuck. I guarantee you this. He didn't invent it himself. But unfortunately, the fans that don't like him, and he – I'm going to say that he does get cheered at the races. There are Stewart haters and Stewart lovers. But the haters swear that he made that up, that he goes to bed saying it to himself, that he wears it on the back of his pants, that it is his middle name. You know what I mean? Like, I think it puts him in a bad spot. I don't think that he – he would like to say, look at my lap times, they're faster than everyone else. But I don't well, think he walks around I, saying – Like, they're like but, – But they did put that – they put that tagline on his show – like you know, when it on Bubba's World, the intro it says right in there, fastest on the planet. Yeah, you know, you got Shaheen beating it like a coked up monkey on a snare drum. Every time he can say it, he says it. It's <laughs> he like coked up monkey. <laughs> nice. Just, uh, you know, well, let it go. Well, it's, it's, ping. They're they're it's not even accurate anymore. That's the thing is, it's not even no, accurate. No, no it's, it's like call, it's like calling me the sexiest man in the world. It's not accurate. Top well, five. It's not as inaccurate as that. Top but it's five, still not. maybe. Top ten, maybe. But I'm not the <laughs> sexiest. And like they're ping, they're using it. The voice of God guy is being, and the fastest man in the world. No, the fastest man alive, James Stewart. Like they're bringing him out in front of his competitors yeah, with that sound. And 
Well, now that he has on his reality show, I'm beginning to maybe think re-question my. I, you know. I think he, I, you know, he would. I, you'd think he's got enough say in that show at least to go. You know what? Don't put that on there if he didn't like it. Yes. Yeah. So maybe. I think at the very least he's not saying anything like. Dude, I, I, don't think, it I think it's like brutal. It like, hey, Ralph, he's fourth in the points, jackhole. Like, he's yeah. not the fastest man because the fastest the man. The fourth fastest man in the planet. The fastest man <laughs> takes the checkered flag first. <laughs> and right now, he hasn't even won as many races as Ryan Villapoto. And guess what? Canard's only won one less, and so has nobody else. Hey, I do got to bust your balls on something because you Twittered that uh, you oh. liked Villapoto's oh. opening song. Like, you know, you said yeah. his, his, like, whole yeah. opening scene is the best. Yeah, I do. I probably agree with you. Yep. But it's you said it's an Eminem song. It's a Puff Daddy song. No, it's not. I'm Coming Home, that song? It's it's I'm Not Afraid. I'm not afraid to take a stand. Uh, they change it then? No. Hold on. I'll Google that, too. How are you going to Google no, what phone they use for Villapoto? At least the rounds, the rounds out west, when when they were doing the opening ceremonies, was the new Puff Daddy song. I'm coming home, coming home, right? Right? Was it not? Am oh, I losing my mind? You know what? Um, no, that was for that's that is um, that's Reed's opening song. Oh, it is. Yeah, the one that goes. Um, it's, it's a chick's voice. Yeah. But it's the start of a Puff Daddy song. Oh no, that's that is totally a Reed song. You're getting it mixed up. Um, you know, huh? I, gotta read I guess it. I need to go to another Supercross. Watch one of these things. Hey, what about while well, we're on the subject of music? What about this B Maisie Nico Izzy after party that went down? And who the hell is B Maisie? Why do I even know that name? Mathis is obviously going through iTunes oh, right now. Yeah, I was completely lost. All right. Well, we I'm were sorry, wondering how the host in the after party would bode for Nico Izzy's career, and lo and behold, I don't even know if he raced in Jacksonville. Like, where was he at? He didn't. No, he got. He was hurt. I don't know. So was he able to army crawl, dig deep, and make it to that after party? <laughs> no, you know what he I did. heard. Uh, does, I, does I read Maisie this on Brodo Cross's blog, does so I don't know if that's accurate, but. <laughs> he went to that party and it was shut down due to lack of interest. They didn't even have wow. it. And then I heard that they moved it to some other little dive bar and that B. Maisie guy couldn't even get in. <laughs> to his own party. <laughs> he was sitting outside of his own party. Who is that um, guy? Somebody please help me with this. That's actually pretty funty. Oh, oh. Why, hey, why do on. we know the name B. Maisie? Hold on a second. Hold on. B. Maisie is um, a... That's it, right? That's what they're playing. Yeah. We're not arguing if the song is Eminem or not. We're arguing what rider they play it for. We know that's Eminem. Yeah, we, we get it. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. Do you remember when they were building up LeBron James' The Decision? This was the theme song for it? Was it? Oh. Oh, dude, like every 20 minutes on SportsCenter for a month, they would play that. I love Villapoto's opening entry. I love the fact that he let let um, lets them in the hospital room and lets – you know what I mean? Like, like I just think that's awesome. Can we get yeah, back to the fastest man on, on the planet? Do you guys agree with me? 
I think it's bad for him. I think it's a bad move. Do you think it's bad to bring him out to to the announcer saying it too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. It, it just and, and can Ralph stop saying it? Should Ralph stop saying it? Yes. Yes, he should. Will he? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. All right. I feel like there's a massive disconnect, and Weege, I've told you this before. Yeah. I feel like there's a massive disconnect between like we between like Weege, between like uh, Ralph and Jeff, and and uh, the people who run the TV show, and maybe the promoters. Like, do they live in a bubble where they don't read anything else that goes on during the week that any media puts out? I know that if we even put, like, if James whole shot a race and was five seconds lap faster than everyone else and won, led all 20 laps, and we wrote that he was on this night faster than everyone during those 20 laps, we would still get crap from all the teams. But I mean the, the TV dudes. But that's not okay. So that's my point. We yeah. would get crap if we right. wrote that he was faster in a race. He clearly was faster. Yeah. How is it that the TV guys say stuff like that? And do they not uh, get crap? Do they ignore it, or are they just so out of the loop that they don't even know that it gets people mad? I mean, my my guess is that those guys purposely avoid other media because I feel I think they probably are getting flamed pretty hard. Maybe. I didn't think about it. And that. I mean, I'll take, I'll make funny like when when Fro keeps talking about the track being alive. I I like make little jokes and stuff. I think it's funny, but some of it's just bad. Like this with Ralph. It's like, come on, dude, just you need to let that go. Maybe that was that was maybe applicable and appropriate four years ago. You know, right right, right when Ricky right. retired or something. But it's not it's not even right anymore. You, you know, you just. I mean, we we see let him. It go. We seen James get beat. We see him get beat all the time, and. I don't know. I, I'm just now he's, you know, now you can make a case that he, you know, Daytona he's riding so fast that it's out of control. I'm not going on that point, but you could make that issue. You could say that, you know. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just think it's silly. And I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, and I like Fro. And I like Fro. I just feel like asking me and Wygant on Twitter, what happened to the provisional rule? You know, I just wonder about that. You don't see, uh, yeah. You don't see Chris Collinsworth, for example, to take some. Yeah, I saw somebody made that point right yesterday. Somebody did. You don't see Chris Collinsworth asking, uh, you know, um, John Clayton, "Hey, John Clayton from ESPN, what, what's the rule on, uh, on you know, uh, illegal tackles out of bounds? You know, when when is a guy out of bounds? I don't know. I just I feel like Fro should know this. You know, he's but, twittering John Madden. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, well, that's how it got. I think that's um, that they got in some trouble on that traction control thing, and I think that's part of the reason why. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. yeah. You think? Well, just if yeah. you're not armed with, if you're stuck in a spot right. on a live show where you've got to answer a question, and you don't really know, there's a you got what fifty fifty chance of getting it right and getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Now well, in Phoenix, you and I happened to that afternoon. We're over at the JGR truck, of course. Yes. And uh, we had heard all about it from Coy. Coy told us the whole deal and what they were mad about and what they thought could happen and this is going to be an issue. Right. So if if we were put on the spot right then and there, we would have had some sort of an educated right. uh, guess as to what that was there for. But if you don't and you're put on the spot on live TV, which you are, you're the analyst, you have to say something, uh, it's dangerous. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, and, and in their in their defense, their job is tough. And you, you're it on is. the, yeah. you know, weed, you know, and you're on the spot. 
You don't want yeah, to say I mean, something completely stupid, but... I'll say it over and over. I don't think Shaheen's nearly as bad as most people claim no, he is. I, I which agree. I, if anyone should hate him, it should be me, but I really don't you, think he's even that bad. But there are some of these things, like the fast man on the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not really. I'm not. I, I agree. Ralph. Ralph does a good job. He's a professional. He's been doing it for 30 years. He can't be a bad at it. I just. I oh. wish they would drop this one thing. And then I can't believe they bring him out, opening ceremonies, yeah. saying that. And the other competitors, Ryan Villapoto is sitting there on the track, going, "Hmm, wow. What do you know? Fastest man alive. Hmm. Wow. Let me check the points. Oh, wait. That's right. So, you know. I mean, I feel like Villapoto is as fast as James Stewart. Correct. This year, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. This year in 2011. So, uh, I don't feel that's accurate. I think you put them in a, you put them in a pot, you mix them up, you throw them down, and uh, and who knows, the chips may go whichever way, and I don't know which guy's winning. That's how I feel. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. Uh, Can I get an answer on my B Maisie? Oh. Now you, you well, know, I was busy looking up you know Eminem. absolutely nothing? Zero. Like no clue at all? Or yeah. is it like a rhetorical who is it? No, like, like I've heard, I've heard, the, I've heard the name, is it, but I don't understand. Is it someone named Brandon Mays, either writer? Yes, Brandon Mays. Um, and this, if you're looking to, he, you know. He has like an team, alter ego? Yes. If you're looking to prove to a team you're a young, up-and-coming amateur rider and you've got the dedication it takes to, to win races for a team that would be willing to pay you money, what you want to do is also have a rap alter ego and say that I'm putting as much time into my rap career as I, are, as I am my racing career. That's definitely what you want to do to endear yourself to teams. That, and that's essentially what this kid has said. Uh-huh. Well, he doesn't make night shows, correct? I don't even know. This was supposed to be the year he debuted. Did he even have gone to the races? I haven't even noticed. Let me pull up. He's been at the races trying to make it. I'm going to Google him. <laughs> Jeez. Poor computer. Oh, um, Google is. We're on a Google delay right now. We... I know. Hold on, hold on. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, well, let's just see. I mean, just to get, I know he didn't make, what was the first round? Um, Houston. Houston. I know he did not make uh, the night show in Houston. Uh, time he didn't call. make the night show. So he has been there. He just hasn't even made night shows. That's why I haven't noticed. Uh, time He's not even in the heat race. Uh, He's too busy spinning on the ones and twos, sucker. Wow. Sean Rife didn't – something happened to Sean Rife. He didn't make the night show in Jacksonville. Must have crashed, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Pacone was there too. Oh, really? Okay, he didn't race Jacksonville. Well, clearly because he had a big night. So he wasn't going to – he wasn't going to race and, you know, get himself all tired <laughs> racing. Um, you know, when he had that after party to go to. Uh, hold on. Hey, Ping, uh, while we're killing time here for Mathis, uh, Brodo Cross has taken a major, major step forward in legitimacy over the weekend in Jacksonville. Um, yeah. Because Harwick's a couple of yahoos up in the press box, like drinking beers, and scurried him out of there, and he's like, who the heck are these guys? What is this Brodacross thing? And folks don't know, Denny Hartwig is the, the PR guy for Supercross. So Mathis is like, oh, no, you'll love this. So we showed him the Brodacross blog, and he, I mean, that's Denny's style all the way. So yeah. I now believe that next year Brodacross will probably do the Supercross program. You'll probably hear, like, stats brought to you by Brodacross. Like, <laughs> once he saw what that blog is, it's oh, a 180-degree turnaround. 
that dude's pretty funny. I, I he, get a kick out of his. They stuff. had shirts. They had shirts that said "Believe the Type." Uh, unless Brandon Mays has another alternate name, he hasn't raced since the first round. Focusing on the, focusing on the, yeah, uh, the beats. Yeah. Uh, uh, but hey, moving on. Yeah. Well, you brought it up. That, that's all I needed to know. So no, I'm good. You're saying the, you're saying the party got canceled uh, for lack of interest. Then it got moved to another place, and B Maisy had to sit outside. <laughs> and to quote Brodacross. <laughs> he had to sit outside rapping for pennies while his career went from shit to capital S-H-I-T. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been, I've email, emailed Brotocross founder back and forth. So, uh, uh, yeah. He wants a job in the industry. Imagine that. Yeah. And uh, he seems like a good guy. Yeah, I don't know why. He seems I like told a- him, like, Go go do something else where you can actually make a living. Yeah, exactly. Like you're like, look at me. He's got a call. He's like an educated guy. I got a college degree from somewhere back east. He's a smart dude. Right. Yeah. Smarter than me or any of us on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Anything keep else? Keep writing that blog because I, I it makes me laugh. Anything else? Do we do we want to talk about anything else? Um, hey, I just wrote a thing and I, I put it on as a two fifty words on the racetrack's website, but. Um, the confidence momentum gets good PR when it actually works. But Ryan Sipes had every reason to win that race. All the confidence, momentum, he's fast in practice, he won his heat, Barsha got hurt, Baggett didn't make the main, Dean Wilson got yelled at like it was 1995 and then told me he had to go to the ocean and just look at the waves for a couple hours to get through his depression. Um, everything was coming up Sipes. And then Barsha just said, no, nah, I'm just going to win, I don't care. Um, I thought that was pretty pivotal. I agree, and I and 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 if you want to break that down even more, like I was saying, that first turn was very pivotal. He squeaked it by, and he was gone. He barely had to slow down, mm-hmm. and he had the whole shot by, you know, twenty yards, and he was gone. And it was just, it was just a season, just a season-changing race. I think. I think he wins his title now. Well, and you if you like look at that. points. He went from he was what twelve down. He was six going into the weekend, right? Oh, who talking about Sipes? I'm talking about Sipes on bar. Yeah. So it went from twelve, which okay, let's say he could get a win. You know, now you're down to less than ten. I mean, you're down to like a, a realistic number where you could pull it off. To it just went to seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. Yeah. And that starts to sound more like a whole race. You know, it's like it, it was right on that border where it could swing of, you know, maybe you can win this or now nah, maybe you can't, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably not going to happen now. Hey, we we do you do a story where Wilson said he was uh, now talking in his real accent to because he was tired of holding off his his uh, his uh, tired of doing his American. Yeah. Uh, we did a, a racetrack films interview with him in okay. Indy. Yeah, and I said, "Why? How did the accent come back?" And it was actually it didn't come back. He had been faking not using the accent for a couple of years, and then decided. I'm just going to talk normal now, which for him has an accent. Isn't uh, isn't that phenomenal? Isn't that an acting job on Daniel Day-Lewis level? Yeah. He said he had yeah. to do it because no one could understand him. And then he went home, and it was really fun, and he just decided to stick with it. I'm, I'm amazed. I mean, it's like international spy that he can just turn it on and off yeah. like the uh, well, incognito. Now his parents told me, and, and God bless his parents. They're good people. Um, right? They are. We agree. Yeah, on, we, we all agree yeah. on that? Okay. Yeah. Um, Ping hesitated there. Perhaps he hates them. No, no, no. But, um, I totally, 
totally no. like him. I, I actually hadn't talked to the dad. Uh, I, I had a meeting with his mom, when he and his mom, before he signed with Pro Circuit, he came in and interviewed with us. And we, we made him an offer and stuff. He obviously yeah. went with Mitch. Shocker, took, one, took one look at your program. and it's, yeah. it's They have a thick accent. Like, it is yeah. gnarly. Well, his mom and told that poor kid's got to deal with that at home, and had to live in Canada. <laughs> We've got a little Canada thrown in. Now he lives in California, where everything's bro this and that. Yeah, I, I feel bad for him. Poor kids, you know, he doesn't know how to talk. Uh, well, now his mom told me this weekend that she's heard some things, message boards or whatever, where now they're accusing Dean of putting on a fake Scottish accent. Oh come on! <laughs> I swear, she told me that. I'm like, what? I said, what would be the benefit for Dean talking yeah. like a leprechaun? What, where would that come in handy? <laughs> you know, and, and she's if he wants to be an extra for Braveheart, yeah, two, and, is there gonna be a sequel? No, he di- Mel died, so I don't know what the sequel would be. But, um, like she goes, oh, I know, I know, and I'm like, okay, so I'm like, why would he? Why would any? She says, I don't know, like why these people are saying this, and I can't do it like Ping does. But, uh, um, hey, remember one time when, when we went to Canada and we dominated in the form of 12-21 finishes? Uh-huh. You thought Liam O'Farrell was from Ireland? And you did a bang-on Scottish accent. Can you do that for us again? <laughs> Where you talked about a rainbow and a pot of gold? Uh, I probably won't do it right now. Maybe, maybe just sporadically throughout the show. Well, you, you can really nail that accent. Anyway, so Dean Wilson's mom is now saying that people are saying that Dean Wilson is making up the Scottish accent. Well, you're gonna do your research this weekend in Canada because Google? him running, yeah, him running that accent is really more of a slap in the face of Canada than the United States. And he also, you know, switched to nations teams. So, oh no, 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 your... oh no, no. I I watch my favorite hockey team broadcasts, and there are commercials for the Supercross on the sh- on the TV shows. And it says, "Come see Canada's own Dean no. Wilson." Yes, the vo- really the voice of God tells me to buy a ticket to see Dean Canada's own Dean Wilson. Well, sure, it's marketing right there. How oh, do you I, not do that? Oh, I know. I don't have a problem with it. But <clears throat> now he's Canadian, so I'm good. Like if we oh. had a if we had a Supercross stop in Lockerbie. Trust me, come out and see Scotland's own Dean Wilson. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. I've been waiting all year for that. <laughs> Ping, Ping thought a South African rider was Irish and couldn't believe that he was faster than him um, in practice. the name, right? What was it? Liam O'Farrell. Yeah, Liam O'Farrell. I mean, if that's not just straight out of the rolling hills of Ireland. Yeah, no. Wherever. Yeah, no, it's funny. So. Liam O'Farrell. <laughs> I'm going to pull me a wee hole shot today. <laughs> <laughs> Do this all day long. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, we got very little talk about Supercross. I feel. I feel like the last half hour went off the rails with googling, yeah. googling, and, and uh, other things. Um, if if you're listening, Larry Brooks, stop with your family time. Stop it. Your family's had enough time. Come back to the races. I would actually like some advice. I mean, what? I mean, and now that I have a, a child, maybe he can give me some advice on what to do to keep my family this entertained for this long. Yeah, he could write a book about. He's clearly, that. he's clearly a bang up family guy if he's putting in this kind of time, oh. putting this much racing. 
I mean, you guys have kids. Um, you know, you know what it's like, and and you you have to be jealous of him and his family. Time. I, I, to 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 be so dedicated as a dad to take six weeks off right in the middle of a championship fight, especially when your rider needs you now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable the dedication. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I mean, he might not be team manager of the year this year, but he's definitely father of the year. Uh, team manager of the year is Kenny Watson. He's decided. Oh, it's already set, according he's, to himself. He's decided that he's going to get it. Well, uh, during the track walk, um, I was talking to Sorby, and then Millsaps came by. And the JGR guys had, I guess, did some press Saturday morning. So a bunch of the people had seen it in their hotel when they were, you know, waking mm-hmm. up Saturday to go to the track. Yeah. So Sorby's like, man, they have you. Oh, man, I'm going to have to do his weird, fake <laughs> French accent. He's faking it, by the way, like Wilson. Yeah. He says to Millsap, he's like, how much press are they making you guys do? That's ridiculous how much press. You guys are always on TV. And then he surmised that J-Bone is doing it to win Team Manager of the Year. And that's why JGR goes to all these press days and does all this stuff. It's all, all for that coveted award. Yeah, you see, the problem with that is that Millsap probably really believes that. And now he's starting to think, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> J- to me, JGR, right. we had J-Bone on the team, and he's he gets it. He's like, I, I brought that up. I said, you guys do every morning show. You yeah. do every press day at the Nationals, just about. You do everything. And uh, um, he was like, yeah, that's what we do. I tell the guys up front, our sponsors need exposure. That's what NASCAR does. That's what we will do. You know? And, and they yeah. get it. Yeah. Yep. This is, and, and of course, you know, James, who, you know, isn't the best with doing press stuff. I mean, it's a lot of work to get him to do stuff. But to be fair, he's pulled in a lot of directions. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the kettle calling the pot. No, that doesn't work. Uh, you no, it would be me. the aluminum, the, the polished aluminum pan yeah. calling the, the pot black because it's the exact opposite. Yeah, because, like, the chances, abilities of getting James Stewart to do a 5 a.m. call on a Friday to promote Supercross, about, yeah. as, about as good as me running a marathon right now. So that's not it's not going to happen. So, you know, I mean, kudos to JGR. I say, to me. Yeah, I, the fact that he's doing it just to win. T- I couldn't. That's really sad when I hear that. That I'm like, wow, it's this obvious why these people do this because they are the money that the team has to pay your salary. Yeah, is because they get exposure for the sponsors, and you guys miss that point so badly that you think a guy's just doing it to win team manager of the year. <laughs> you somehow missed all that. Right. Right. Very you know, those, those NASCAR guys work way harder at media and promotion than anyone in Supercross. They oh, are yeah, they it's nonstop for them. The, the and, one- and granted, you don't have to have the um, physical fitness that you do as a racer. There's a lot more training that goes involved in this sport. But, man, I, we definitely are off the back a little bit when it comes to that. Taking, well, you know, cause yeah. I, I had to get up and do those morning shows, and I hated it. It's, it's terrible, you know? You, yeah. Yeah. You want to get out of bed at 4 in the morning to be down at the stadium. It's freezing cold, you know. Yeah, you got to jump a triple but, in, in the dead of night, in the dead of morning. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but. Yeah, I mean, no. And, hey, and by the way, too, uh, uh, Friday night I said to J-Bone, hey, we got a Ruth Chris in my hotel. Uh, come to dinner. I'll buy. And he said, uh, all right, cool. Right on. I mean, I certainly eat there enough, and those guys are good guys, and it's the least I could do. Um, and then he said uh, – he said, well, Davey's coming. And I said, all right, cool. I figured I'll buy his dinner too, even though he's, you know, richer than 
my whole money I've made in one, you know, he makes more money in one year than I made in my whole life. Um, but then I picked up Jay Bone and he said uh, that once Davey heard it was me, he decided to just order room service. No way. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't want to go with me. Davey doesn't like you or what? Yeah, he doesn't. And, and he turned down a free Ruth Chris in order to have a, you know, a burger and fries from the quality in or whatever. So just mm. funny story. I just, I got a good laugh out of that. So, um, all right, that's it. All right. All right. Go. Well, yeah. thank, thanks for doing, thanks for doing the BTO sports.com <laughs> racer X podcast show. Uh, Jacksonville hey, uh, wrap up. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, what? While we're doing commercials, I want to throw one out real fast because I don't really plug my stuff that often, but Motocross 101 is on iTunes. So if you don't have it, you need to go and get it there now. Yeah, I saw Thank that. You. But that means you can download, right? Yeah, download that sucker. HD. Cool. Seven bucks. You know what I'm going to do for you, Ping? I'm going to take this that little bit, that little plug out of the show, and I'm going to run that with the other commercials in the middle of the show. Perfect. So what you need to do is when I count down to one, yep. give me a little a little uh, commercial. Snippet. Here we go. A little snippet. Move. Let's and, do it. Okay, so uh, ready? Three, two, one. Fantastic. Couldn't have said it better. I'll put that in the front. And that way, because by the time we get to me Googling Eminem songs, people will turn this off. <laughs> and they won't, have, they won't hear your commercial. Uh, so we'll put it in the middle before all that nonsense. And... It'll make a more of an impact. Good. Oh, good. Um, Thank you. Great. Right on. Thanks, guys, and uh, we will see you uh, next week. Yeah. Okay, that's going to be a great show. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two of the three, not even at the race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, later. Bye. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by Racer X. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. You know I've got this friend up in the